The scripture reading today comes from the first book of Samuel, chapter 8, verses 4 to 20. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, You are old, and your sons do not follow in your ways. Appoint for us, then, a king to govern us like other nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give give us a king to govern us. Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people and all all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. Just as they have done to me from the day I brought them out of Egypt to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so also they are doing to you. Now then, listen to their voice. Only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. So Samuel reported all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, These will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. And he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchard and give them to his courtiers. He will take one-tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and his courtiers. He will take your male and female slaves and the best of your cattle and donkeys and put them to his work. He will take one-tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And in that day, you will cry out because of your king, whom you have not chosen for yourself. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to listen to the voice of Samuel. They said, no, we are determined to have a king over us so that we may also be like other nations and that our king may govern us and go out before us and fight our battles. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This scripture lesson is quite interesting given given our time in the world with, um, you know, dictatorships all around the globe and others wanting to uh, wanting to be such. Um, but this scripture is a lectionary reading, so you understand. Um, I didn't pick this, it picked me. Um, lectionary readings uh, are readings from the Old Testament, the Psalms, the Epistles, and the Gospel. There's four readings for every Sunday over a period of three years. And there are many denominations that share in this common lectionary. And the idea is that if you follow the lectionary over these three years, you will get a a really broad uh, spectrum of Scripture and so it's not like you're just concentrating on one, one part of, of the Bible. And this happens to be the Old Testament lesson for today in the Common Lectionary. What that means is there are literally thousands of congregations around the globe that are reading this text. So it, I, I share with that with you simply to say that um, it seems very timely for us and... and uh, 
but it, but it's not something that uh, you know the preacher picked out. But uh, I think uh, God had a hand in this. Let us uh, turn to God in prayer. Lord, we pray in these few moments together that we'll see in these words from the book of Samuel not just a history lesson of things that happened a long time ago, but but a guideline for ourselves today. We pray, Lord, that just as Samuel said as a young boy lying in that that tabernacle, speak your servant is listening. So we say to you now, Lord, speak. Your servants are listening. Amen. Over a thousand years before uh, Christ, the, um, the tribes of Israel were, were still divided and they were struggling, if you will, to, to kind of um, carve out a kingdom in the promised land. You, you may recall in, in history that uh, Moses had uh, gone to Pharaoh and, and uh, freed the Hebrew slaves from slavery, and they had made their way to the edge of the promised land that God was leading them to. And uh, Moses had to leave them behind. He got a glimpse of the kingdom, but he, but he was not allowed to go in into the promised land. And it was Joshua who led the people into the promised land. And uh, there were many battles that took place as as the Israelites tried to compete with uh, with other tribes in the area for land and for and for water these leaders Joshua being the first of them were called judges they were charismatic leaders but they were they were primarily warriors they were uh, people who would lead the Israelites in battle and they would also settle disputes among the people so they kind of rose up among the people they they had that charisma that that caused people to want to follow them um, now Samuel, as we learned last week, began as a young boy that didn't even know the Lord, and yet there in the tabernacle, God called to him, and and when he finally responded, he he grew up then in the tabernacle under the under the guidance of Eli, and himself became one of those judges. In fact, he was the last of the judges, and he became the first of a new class of leaders who were called prophets. And uh, these, these new prophets that sort of took over for the judges led more by their words, by their prophetic words, than, than by the sword. And so the people, when they looked at Samuel and they saw what was happening with him as he grew older and as they realized they were going to lose this, this leader, they looked at his sons, and what they saw were uh, some sons that were, well, they were lazy and no good as far as they were concerned. And um, so they clamored for a king. They wanted, they wanted to be like other nations. The, many of the, many of the uh, people that they had gone into battle against, they had kings leading them. And so they, they were saying to Samuel, we want a king. We want a king as well. And Samuel was maybe a little bit hurt by that in the beginning, but more than that, he was angry and, and uh, he turned to God and God said, no, it's not, they're not rejecting you. They're really rejecting me. 
the people were saying in in verse 5, you are old and your sons do not follow in your ways. Appoint for us then a king to govern us like other nations. In the northern kingdom the, um, of Israel, the Israelites fought against the Amorites and the Philistines. And they competed, you see, for the land and for water. And, and now they were looking for a king to to lead them in battle against the Amorites and the Philistines. Now, Samuel, after his conversation with God, goes back to the people to say, okay, God said you can have a king, but do you really realize what you're going to get? And, and so he outlined for them what they were going to get. He said, these will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He'll take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots and he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots he will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers he will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to their to his courtiers he will take one tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and his courtiers he will take your male and female slaves and the best of your cattle and donkeys and put them to his work he will take one tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves and in that day you will cry out because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves but the Lord will not answer you in that day. Wow. Some pretty powerful, strong words that Samuel is sharing with the people on behalf of God. In other words, you want a king? That's what you're going to get. This is what you've chosen. This is, your deserve. this is what you deserve. And yet, even after hearing that, the people still insist, okay, okay we'll take it, we'll take it. We just... We're so frightened by the world that we're willing to live even with the kind of king you've described. In verses 19 and 20, they're quoted as saying, we are determined to have a king over us so that we also may be like other nations and that our king may govern us and go out and fight our battles. So Samuel anointed Saul to be king of Israel, the first king of the people of Israel. And King Saul immediately went out and defeated the Amorites. And so they were elated. The people were elated. This is what we wanted. We wanted a king to come and take care of our lives and to defeat our enemies. Wonderful. We're ready for this king. They felt like they had gotten what they had wanted all along. Well, the truth of the matter is, if we're really honest with ourselves, everybody wants a king, not just the people so long ago, but even we today want a king. Uh, you may remember the, the song, The Gambler by Kenny Rogers. Um, he uses the, the, uh, the game of uh, cards, uh, probably poker, as a um, as a metaphor for life, and uh, and these are some of the words in his song. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. 
There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. Every gambler knows that the secret to surviving is knowing what to throw away and knowing what to keep. Because every hand's a winner and every hand's a loser. And the best that you can hope for is to die in your sleep. We're all dealt a hand in life. If, if you think of this, this card game as a metaphor for life, we're, we're all given a, a hand. We're born with a hand. We don't, it's not something we choose. There it is. What we do choose is how we play the game, how, what we do with the hand that's in front of us. Sometimes we get exactly what we want, and it's wonderful. And sometimes it's not at all what we would prefer. And as we move through life, you know, the cards change along the way. And, and uh, sometimes we draw new cards and, and our hand improves and sometimes it gets worse. The truth is, though, everybody wants a king. Everybody wants a handful of kings. So the real question in life is not, do you want a king, but what kind of king do you want? Now, using this sort of metaphor, if you will, in the, in the cards, let, let's try this out. For instance, um, you could choose a king of clubs. I, I call that a warrior king. You know, one who will go out and fight your battles. Someone who will protect us and, you know, safeguard our homes and our families and our nation. Now, that, that's the problem that people had with Jesus in his day. Because that's what they wanted. They wanted a warrior king. They wanted one that would come riding into Jerusalem on a chariot and overthrow Rome. They, want, they wanted to go back to the glory days of King David and, and King Solomon when he built the temple. And, that, and that's what they were looking for in Jesus. They wanted Jesus to come in and restore the, the kingdom to what it was like, at least from their memories and the stories that were told. Remember how when he came into Jerusalem that last time on that first Palm Sunday, what did they cry out? They said, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. They were calling him a king from the very beginning because that's what they wanted. The problem was the kind of king that they wanted. They wanted a king of clubs. Well, the truth of the matter is we often want a king of clubs too, someone who will defeat our diseases, get rid of cancer and Alzheimer's and heart disease and, and all the other diseases. We, we would love our lives to, to be, you know, a lot easier on us physically and therefore emotionally as well. We want a king of clubs to come and save our marriage and fix our children and, and fix our nation. We want a king of clubs, you know, someone who will let us sit back and be saved from the troubles of this world. We want a king of clubs to fight our battles. Everybody wants a king of clubs. Now, there's also a king of diamonds. You know, that's the king that's full of glitter and show. 
The scribes and the Pharisees wanted a king of diamonds, someone they could control. They, they had no problem with having a King Herod or somebody else that could, you know, wear the crown and sit on a throne and have the fancy robes and even the nice little palace. That, that's fine as long as they could control the laws and who would live and who would die. They wanted an impotent king, someone they could manipulate from behind the scenes. Well, we often want a king of diamonds too, someone who looks good on the outside but is otherwise shallow and without character. Don't we want that? You know, somebody that we can kind of look up and say, that's our king. Doesn't he look charming? It could be, it could be in the form of a pastor who, you know, is willing to build the church that we design, not what God designs. You know, someone that makes us feel good about ourselves, at least on the surface. King of Diamonds is someone who will create a community that looks like us, a world that's comfortable and glamorous. We, we don't have to worry about people that are dirty or ugly or speak a different language. We want someone who will led into the kingdom, even the kingdom of God, only our kind of people. That's the king of diamonds. Unfortunately, everybody wants a king of diamonds. There's another king, a king of spades. When I think of king of spades, I think of the spade that you use to dig a grave. We want a graveyard king. You know, someone who can uh, become our scapegoat or sacrifice. We want the king of spades to be someone we set up to take the fall. You know, we build them up and we have these wonderful things that we want for them to do. We make them superhuman. We put them up on a pedestal only so we can blame them when things don't go right. You see, what we ultimately do is we bury the king of spades in our expectations. Pilate needed a, a fall guy for peace and tranquility in his, in his region of the world, and he found that Jesus would do just very nicely to fulfill that bill. Remember how he said, I want you to write on this placard and put it up on the cross, King of the Jews. And he wanted it written in Greek and Latin and Hebrew. Um, but he might as well have said, why don't you write up there, king of spades? Because he wanted, you see, a fall guy. Everybody wants a king of spades. But the king that we most need and that we most often do not want is the king of hearts. That's the one that God offers that's the king who washes the dirty, stinking feet of other people. It's the king that rides in on a donkey, not on a chariot. One that could just as well have come in on a bicycle rather than in a limousine. The king of hearts is the one who sits with sinners and other outcasts in society, the people that everybody else has kind of thrown away, the trash of society. That's 
the king of hearts, that's who he sits with. The king of hearts is someone who dies on a cross because he loves people that much. You see, the king of hearts is like the old maid. I don't know if you've ever played old maid, but there was all... There's always that one card, the old maid, that you don't want to get. <laughs> you want to give it away, get it out of your hand just as quick as possible. Here, you take her. That's what the king of hearts is like for us. The truth is, if we follow that kind of king, we have to become that kind of person. And that's why we don't want a king of hearts. The king of hearts doesn't wear a crown of brightly colored jewels. He wears a crown of thorns. Everybody wants a king, just not the king of hearts. So my question to you is, what kind of king are you looking for in your own life? What kind of king are you ready to follow? A king of clubs who will fight your battles, take care of all your problems? Or a king of diamonds, the one that looks good? and does what you want him to do? Or is it the king of spades who will simply take your blame, become your scapegoat for the problems you have created? Or ultimately, do you really want deep down inside a king of hearts who will tell you to love your enemies, take care of the poor and the abused and the outcasts of society? one who will ask you to carry a cross. Everybody wants a king, but only a few want Jesus. Let us pray. Lord, come to us, and as we play this card game called life, we ask that you sit next to us, look over our shoulder, and And when we get despondent about what's in our hand, remind us that that you're there to help us and help us to, to know which cards to keep and which ones to throw away, when to hold them and when to let go. But most importantly, Lord, as we long for a king in our lives and in our hands, May you remind us that it's the king of hearts that's most worthy of holding dear. Amen.